Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of God of all ages, welcome to the City Place Church Podcast. Wherever you are in the world, we thank you for making the time to tune in. Take a moment to get focused, clear your mind, close your eyes, open your heart, and receive what God has for you on this day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are y'all ready for God's word? How many of y'all were here last Sunday? I preached with uh, Rebecca, who oversees our city kids. We are in a series called On Mission, and we are going to continue that today. On your seats, you should find several different things. You should find some message notes uh, so that you can follow along today. You'll find that orange connection card that I mentioned earlier. If this is your first time here, my name is Damon. My wife, her name is Taisha. She's my forever girlfriend. I haven't said that in a long time. You're my forever girlfriend, and uh, we are the senior pastors of City Place Church, and we welcome you here uh, this morning. If you don't mind uh, filling out this connection card, uh, we would love to give you a free gift as you leave. And then for those of you who call City Place home, or maybe you've been coming, taking the three-week challenge, we would love to pray with you, get you some other information on some things that you might be interested in by filling out that card. And then we worship the Lord through our giving. We believe that God's called our church as one of our core values to live, to give, and we do that at the end of our service. The thing that we ask of you, you don't have to feel like your arms being twisted. We just ask that you ask the Holy Spirit what he would have you do, and then he handles the rest. Is that all right? Awesome. Well, hey, we're going to jump right into God's Word. We're in a series called On Mission. Uh, We are on mission as a church. At the end of this month, we are taking some some, uh, people from City Place, our missionary team. We're going to Cuba, but it's not just for what we're going to do outside of our church. It's what God wants to do on the inside, and so we've been leaning into God's Word over the last two weeks in a series called On Mission, and we're just going to continue today, and let's just see what the Lord does. We're on mission together. Somebody say together. Together. And on your message note, you'll find a little blank there right to kick off. Here's what together means for our context in this series at our church. Together means to be a mobilized tribe, aligned and unified through poured out God vision and heart for the sole mission of God's kingdom influence and action. We are aligned together. We are running in the same direction for the sole purpose of not City Place Church, but for what God sees and the role that we will play. And God gives us influence and he gives us action. And over the last few weeks, we've been uh, using as a foundational verse, Matthew chapter 10. And in Matthew chapter 10, verse one, Jesus, after being moved with compassion in Matthew 8, 9, and you can see it even in 10, uh, Jesus had been doing some crazy miracles and his heart was moved with compassion because he couldn't get to every single person. And he looks at his disciples and the Bible says in verse 1, it says that he calls them to himself. And then when you jump down to verse 5, it says that he gives them uh, power and authority. And he says, I'm giving you power to uh, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers. And he says, freely you have received, freely give. He says, but don't go outside of your own community. Start in the lost sheep of Israel. The lost sheep of Israel was was their community, the place where they lived. And we said that God's given us as a church five focused areas this summer and for the remaining aspect of the year where you and I can be on mission together. And the first one was your family. Our next generation, which was our teens and our youth, our young adults. Becca preached amazing last week on that. We said that we have an opportunity to be on mission in our community, which we're going to focus on today, and our church, where we're going to focus on today. And then God's given us an opportunity to make an impact in Cuba. And we said the way we can do that is if we take some action steps. And one of our action steps we said was that we're going to worship. We're going to warfare, which is like we're going to pray. We're going to seek God. 
We're going to work, which means we gotta, there's some physical things we got to do. We're going to roll up our sleeves. We're going to be generous in every way, and then we're going to win. Because in Matthew chapter 28, Jesus repeats the instruction, but this time he expands it from their community to literally the whole world. And he echoes it with a little bit more emphasis. He says, now this time when you go, I want you to baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit and telling, telling them everything that I taught you about the kingdom of heaven. So he says, do the miracles, draw them to the Father in Matthew chapter 10. In Matthew chapter 28, he's like, I've died, I rose again. Now you can point them directly to me and give them the gift of salvation. And so he says, do that, and I'm with you always. Amen is what it says. And amen there means so be it. And so we said that we have an opportunity to take an action step this summer to see us win. Last week, Becca preached on us focusing ourselves and being on mission for our next generation. And for week number three, we're going to be on mission for our community and our church. And I'm loving tag teaming with some of the team members in our church because I honestly believe that as we establish leaders, we also begin to strengthen the voice and the anointing that's on each and every person in this house. And so today, I'm going to need your help. I'm going to need you to lean in, level 10. I'm going to need you to engage and take notes, like Josiah was saying. But I also want you to hear what God has to say. I've got two people that's going to help me out today. I've got Rudy Francois. I love his name. And I say it, I don't even know if I'm pronouncing, pronouncing it right, but I just love saying it that way. Rudy, Rudy serves... Uh, as, as uh, he and his wife, Fabiola, who's serving in kids today, they serve and help lead our serve group. We have, we have a small group that's actually bigger than a small group, but we serve our community once a month. And I asked him to come and I asked him to help us look on mission as it relates to our community. And then I asked Benny Cruz to help us as we are on mission for our church. So can you help me welcome this morning Rudy Francois? Come on up. Come on up, Rudy. Rudy, Rudy, Rudy. I appreciate you. I'm going to pray for you so that we can all uh, get ready to lock in. But if you can, let's, let, let's get our heart ready for what the Lord wants to say. Uh, I, I was talking to Rudy, and he said, you know, Pastor David, you set me up. Because what you had asked me to do was one thing, and then you snuck in. Can, can I teach? And he looked at me like, you stretching me. And I was like... That's what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> but let's pray, because I know uh, what the Lord put in him is for us, and I'm ready to receive as well. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that as we come around your word and we hear your heart from Benny and from Rudy, God is not just someone standing on a platform, but they put in the time, they paid the price to deliver what's on your heart for us today. So speak through them. I pray that they rely on you and not on themselves. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. What's going on, y'all? How we doing? Good, good, good. Like you said, my name is Rudy Francois. Oh, <laughs> you know, uh, get discounts at little restaurants because of that. Um, but outside of that, again, my name is Rudy Francois. My beautiful wife is actually on mission with the kids in the back. So first off, I want to thank her. I first off, want to thank her for just doing life with me. Uh, when I'm a knucklehead, uh, when I'm great, uh, she's there with me and she's pursuing the mission of Christ together with me. Uh, and most importantly, wait, wait, before I say anything, I want to shout out Jod. So she's here from Jersey. 
she's very special. I know that God's going to do great things. She's going to be leaving on Mondays, but I just wanted to shout you out and let you know you're going to do great things. So quick little plug. Um, but most importantly, I just want to take the time to thank uh, Pastor Damon and Pastor Ty. Uh, initially coming here, uh, God tugged it in my heart um, by saying, hey, I want you to do greater things outside of just yourself. So I learned about Jesus and how great he was in my life. So God started pulling me and saying, you know, it's way beyond you. Um, you have an impact to call for people. And I like to stay by myself. I like to be by myself. That's my most comfortable spot. And what they've done is not only pulled out leadership, but they've uh, been on mission with me and my family. And we're extremely thankful. Um, and we're super blessed to be under uh, your covering. So thank you. So today, um, I want to focus on Matthew 8. I'm going to quick uh, take a quick second here to quickly read it and then give us some context, okay? So Matthew 8. When he came down from the mountainside, referencing Jesus, great multitudes followed him. And behold, a leper came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if you're willing, make me clean. Then Jesus put out his hands, touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed immediately, his leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus said to him, see that you tell no one, but go your way, show yourself to the priest, and offer the gift that Moses commanded as a testimony to them. Just to give you a little bit of context here, if we um, backtrack to Matthew 7 here, Jesus was on mission through preaching. He was getting tugged, pulled by the uh, crowd, and he was still on mission. As we fast forward to Matthew 8, when he came down from the mountainside, Oftentimes when we see Jesus on the mountainside, it's a time of seclusion. It's a time for him to be able to recharge with his father. Uh, it's a time for him to get away from the crowd. And oftentimes even from the disciples, right? But immediately a great multitude followed him. This passage really spoke to me from a recent event we just had here at City Place. So we recently had a serve, uh, serve day event, okay? Let me give you a glimpse into that serve day. So it was uh, two different events, two, two different purposes, but one mission, okay? So our, our uh, event number one was to serve the homeless in our community. Event number two was to serve the kids at New Image. But let me give you a deeper, a deeper glance into my world. Uh, so when we initially booked it, that was the same day for both. So we're excited. We're, all, right, all right, let's go. Let's make it happen, right? Then I got home. I said, ah, oh, babe, I think we double book. Then I was like, checking it out, I think we triple book. <laughs> Babe, we're booked. <laughs> so let me tell you what happened that weekend. Uh, so we had two different birthday parties, and these are not birthday parties that we can't miss. It's family. So we're here forever, right? Uh, wife and I serving the exact next day at church, two graduation, busy and hectic work week, and three energetic toddlers. Right? So initially, there were some emotions evoked, okay? Abrupt interruption, inconvenience, overwhelm, a pulling demand, and the opinions and inputs of others. The one thing I love about scripture, to bring it back to who we are, is Jesus was God, but also man. So the same thing that we felt, those same emotions that we feel, he felt it. Let me give you those um, 
examples, some things that was evoked, I believe, when he came immediately from the mountainside. Remember, it's like coming from vacation and Monday hits you. We all know what that feeling looks like. <laughs> so some emotions, abrupt interruption, inconvenience, overwhelmed from the large crowd, dealing with sickness, a pulling demand, opinions and inputs of the multitude. But what the man asked was, are you willing? Are you willing? I think it's a bit deeper than that question itself. I think what the man was also saying is, are you willing to stop and even acknowledge my existence? Are you willing to meet me at my current state? Are you willing to speak life despite my circumstance? So when I initially heard that, I didn't make the connection until I saw this passage. So I had to ask myself, am I willing? Am I truly on mission? As we look at this together here, I have a question for you guys. City Place, are we willing to go on mission together for our community? When you look at the passage, specifically, this man had no name. No name. But we know him by his leprosy. For this purpose, let's just say his name is Rudy. All right? So whenever everybody would come to the community, hey, y'all know Rudy? Oh, yeah, that dude with leprosy? He's right around the corner. Oh, Rudy? Oh, yeah, that dude with leprosy. Right here doesn't mention his name. But that leprosy was tied to his his identity. Could you imagine he made it permanent? Can you imagine the things that we make permanent in our lives? Right? Those habits that we all deal with that we're trying to shake. How do we make that permanent into our lives? How do we make that who we are, right? Those past habits, even the identity shift by society, how do we allow that to shape who we are? So Rudy from the community was known as one thing, okay? So I think the man's question revealed a few things here, a few oppositions to being on mission. So. My question to you, what causes resistance or opposition to being on mission together in our community? And the first one is the flesh. In Romans 8, 6, it says, Now the mind of the flesh, which is sense and reason without the Holy Spirit, is death. Death that comprises all misery arising from sin, both here and hereafter. But the mind of the Spirit is life and peace. I'll be honest with you guys, uh, when I started going to church and people would say flesh, I did not understand. I thought that was like my physical makeup, right? But when people say the flesh, I love how the Amplified Bible breaks it down. It's sense and reason without the Holy Spirit. It's how we think, how we move, excluding the Holy Spirit from our decision making. So as we're navigating life, do we allow the Holy Spirit to say, all right, move according to how God does it, or do we just say, I got this? So we're either feeding the flesh or the spirit, okay? And the second thing uh, that becomes an opposition or hindrance to us is our nature. Our nature is selfish. It does not want to fulfill the desires of God. I have a two-year-old. He's selfish. (laughs) I'm selfish. We all are. (laughs) But um, we also have to always understand what is motivating us when serving our community. 
Are we doing it for our self-gain, our self-promotion? Or are we moving the mission of what Christ is trying to do? Are we highlighting who he is? And we've all potentially had experience with Christ. That change experience that said, you know what, sometimes I can't even describe it, but I know he's real in my life. And this is what we need to translate not only to our community, but winning the lost. That's one of the reasons we're here, but we'll continue, right? But in Philippians 2 and 3, what it says, it says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself, not looking to your own interests, but each of you in the interests of others. Value, <laughs> value the others above yourself? I'm guilty day to day. I mean, I want to look fly. Do I see that person better than me? <laughs> right? What is our mindset? So allowing the Holy Spirit and God's word to tune in in our mind and change our thinking, which is key. Now, how do we overcome the resistance factors on being on mission? All right. So we've been given authority and power. Authority and power. Right. Um, We're not carrying the burden on our own. Oftentimes when there's an event, a mission or something in our personal lives, we start looking at our personal resources. How much time do I have? How much money do I have? How much energy do I have? Right. And once you allow the power of the Holy Spirit to now work within you, it is not you carrying the load. When you understand this is not my heaviness to carry, but the Holy Spirit working in me and through me is what's giving me the power and authority to make it happen. In Matthew 10, we've been focusing on this. It says, Jesus called his 12 disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out impure spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. This gave me a quick glimpse uh, when someone wasn't working in authority and they were trying to uh, drive out demons. They got beat up. They got beat down, actually. (laughs) They were working outside of the authority. But once we've allowed Jesus in our life, we have the Holy Spirit that's living within us. Once we accept, we now authorize that authority to go to work. In Philippians 2, 13, it says, For God is working in you, giving you the desires and the power to do what pleases him. Moment of transparency. Coming to God and even from time to time, I might not have the desire to do what pleases him, right? I might not have the desire to even do good, right? But what it says here, if we're yielding to what God wants us to do, for he is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. So our job is to please him, but once we yield, it's him working in us. He's changing our thoughts and ideas to do good. In and of ourselves, we don't want to do good, right? But his power is working in us. Humility is also found when we're on mission, uh, serving in our community. Philippians said, again, for God is working in in you, okay? So I'll give you another glimpse here. So uh, again, I talk about my beautiful wife all the time, right? But oftentimes, I'll I'll tell you, I'm prideful, and I'll say, hey, you know, I know I'm right on this argument. (laughs) I know it. We're not moving. We're staying here until you just admit it. Right now, when God is working in you, <laughs> now when God is working in you and you allow Him to, babe, I'm sorry. 
because I'm called to be what Christ has called for the church, right? That's when you allow the spirit to walk, walk and work in you. So again, it causes humility. We kill ourselves, we kill our pride, the thing we want to do, and we allow the Holy Spirit uh, to show us humility, to exalt uh, first him, and then uh, you work through us, okay? Mm. Another point of humility, if we look at Matthew 8, Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. If you look at what leprosy is, it's actually skin boils, right? Doesn't look pretty, right? Jesus showed intimacy by reaching out. There's other occasions where Jesus only said, uh, 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 be healed, right? But Jesus reached out and actually touched the man, right? When we're serving in our community, it's not going to be comfortable. It's not going to be glamorizing. Oftentimes, it won't be pretty, right? So my final conclusion is, why are we on mission for our community here at City Place? Why do we do what we do? Ephesians 2 and 10 says, for we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us. The first thing is gratitude. Salvation is absolutely free. Right? But we were made on purpose for purpose. Uh, this morning I was actually reminded by a gentleman here. Um, Oftentimes we have dreams, we have desires, there's things that we believe in God to do in our lives, right? And that gap between it happening and believing often feels like, what is going on? Now, if you could think of the various times in your life, you're like, what is going on? Uh, the surrogates of peace I used to use, all these different things uh, the world used to provide to say, hey, you know what, this will, this will give you some type of relief, Right? whether it's drinking, whether it's partying, whatever it may be for you. But ultimately, it was useless. It was void. I got nothing from it. I still was empty, right? And then looking at, I could look at the gratitude of, God, thank you. Thank you. I know not only where I would be, the person I would be, right? Even in Christ, God's spirit forgives me and, and shows me love. As I'm taking these things away, I think transparency is always important because we know that we're taking this journey together, on mission together, right? But gratitude always tells you, man, I know exactly what I would be. God, you didn't just save me just so I could go to heaven. There's something here I need to do to impact your kingdom to move uh, uh, your word forward, And then the second thing is to glorify God and bring full attention to the person of Jesus. That's primarily why we're here, why we do the good works we're called to do. In Matthew 5, 16, it says, In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. I, I once heard it like this, a good thing is not the same thing as a good work. There's often good things going on out there. There are people feeding the homeless. There are people that, uh, that donate millions of dollars for a cause or purpose that they're passionate about, right? But why are we called? The light within us is through Jesus, and it's shining because of Jesus, not because of us, not because of our own abilities, but because of what Jesus is doing through us. 
And as a result of that light shining, now we're pointing people with our deeds. That means there's work behind it, right? With our deeds, now God is getting the glory. We're pointing people to Jesus. That is the main purpose. So in conclusion, it says, I am willing, Jesus said. Let me give you a few things that are willing when I tie it back to the story from before our serve day. We finally got to that place of saying I'm willing. <laughs> despite all the inconvenience, despite the things coming up, the interruptions, the, the hectic weekend. Some of the results of I am willing. Uh, some of the homeless sharing that God has protected them despite being homeless. City Place members sharing the gospel. A young gentleman from City Place using his uh, gift of sign language to connect with one of the people, uh, one of the homeless uh, individuals, so they could feel that connection. That's the intimacy of Jesus we talk about. A testimony of someone receiving their first meal in four days. Right? A new image kid able to t eat for the first time and then bring the additional home to his grandma. Right? Some people receiving their first Bibles and multiple other testimonials. So this is a, a result or the reason we're going on mission. So my question to you, are we on mission? Yeah. All right. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at somebody say we're on mission for our community. Look at the other person, your second choice, say we're on mission for our church. Can we appreciate Benny Cruz? I uh, honestly, first of all, good morning. I feel like I've been set up. And the reason why I said I've been set up, because Marlo and the team did an amazing job with worship. And then Rudy started dropping some bars. And then all of a sudden, Pastor Damon goes, here you go, take it. I'm like, okay, appreciate you, bro. Uh, for all jokes aside, I want to give honor uh, to my pastors, to Pastor Damon and Pastor Ty. Uh, and the reason why I say that is because uh, they've been an immense blessing to our lives uh, and I thank you for the opportunity, and you know, after talking the other day, I do not take this for granted. So I definitely honor you guys, and I don't know where my spouse is, because she is a servant, just like her hubby. Uh, Y'all don't know, 23 years of being together, 18 being married, that's my road dog. That is my girl, that is my, we, we definitely have history, and I'm not going to cry, so I'm going to be cool. Uh, a lot of reason why I'm here is him through them, but through her prayers. So I got to make sure to do that. I need y'all to do me a favor. If you guys can turn to the book of Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 2, verse 42. And while you guys are going to Acts 2, 42, I wanted to share a quick story with you guys. Uh, the other day I was talking to Trista, and we were talking about it. It's like, man, sometimes in all the years of us being in ministry, we hear the stories of people sometimes using the phrase that serving is a sacrifice. And as we were talking about it, literally, Teresa will tell you as my witness, as I'm talking to her, I'm like, man, babe, immediately the Holy Spirit starts literally downloading me. And he's like, Matthew to Revelation. And I'm like, huh? He's like, go from the book of Matthew to the book of Revelation and start naming off people. And I started naming off the 12 disciples. 
uh, including Judas. We all know what he did. Nobody needs to go deep into that. So the 12 disciples, including Judas, Judas uh, hangs himself. Matthias comes in. And then from John the Baptist to Jesus himself to Paul, to uh, you start naming. The Holy Spirit reminded me of 17 biblical characters from Matthew to Revelation. And they had one thing in common, 16 out of the 17. Do y'all know what's, what the one thing that they had in common, 16 out of the 17 people? They all were martyrs for the gospel. Why is that story so important that as you're reading the Bible, and I told Teresa, I'm like, man, I complain about serving in the parking lot or having to pick up a chair. That's not, let, let's keep it real. That's not a sacrifice. That's an inconvenience. What these men did in the Bible, knowing that, and when I mean by being martyrs, some of them were burnt up. I don't know about you. Don't take me out like that, dude. Some of them were burnt out, crucified, even upside down, and even Jesus himself, 16 out of the 17. So when you're talking about in the aspect of serving, like I was talking with Trista, is it really a sacrifice or is it an inconvenience? Because there's a massive difference between both of them. These men were examples of what is to be a servant leader. Servant leadership is sacrificial giving of your time, money, and talents to expand the kingdom of God by being on mission. I honestly and truly believe that a church on mission is the biggest threat to the enemy's camp. That is why it is pivotal for us to be on mission, no different than how the church in Acts was. That is why I wanted you to make sure to turn to Acts chapter 2, verse 42. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miracles, signs, and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day met in homes uh, for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. By the way, none of you noticed, from 42 all the way down, there was one commonality, one phrase, all, all, all. It was never done singular. It was done as a community. So just keep that in mind. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Notice that last line. Because they were on mission, what happened? Each day the Lord added to people being saved. So what you feel to realize that when you're serving in church, in the community, when you're on mission, it's not about you. It's about the lives that you're touching and even the people that are being saved and the generations that are being affected because of what you're doing. The reason why this story was so powerful to me was because the other, the other day, uh, was last Sunday, uh, Pastor Damon and Sean were putting up the new mission signs. And because we have history and they know that I can act out sometimes, I started screaming, oh, my God, we're on mission. We're on mission. And I ran out the door to put up some flags. <laughs> the weird thing is I saw them looking at each other like, that's just that dude being that dude. They didn't pay me no mind. What they did not realize that it hit me. What he's doing now, or excuse me, what they're doing now of being on mission this summer is not just a fancy slogan. 
the Holy Spirit reminded me, this is who we have to be. This is the lifestyle that we need to be living as a church. You need to be on mission. And it hit me so hard that I was like, I'm on mission. Like, I started to believe because that which I had read the week before in Acts came to my mind. And I'm like, don't think of it as a summer program. Think of it as a lifestyle that you need to do. The reason why this revelation was so important to me was because it pointed me back to the life of the greatest servant that ever lived. The guy some of you guys may know as Jesus. Do you all realize that Jesus was so on mission that an entire book of the Bible was written on him being specifically on mission? The book of Mark is an amazing proclamation of Jesus reminding us that his sole purpose on this planet was to be on mission, not only for him to serve, in order for him to serve and to be served into the community. In Mark chapter 1, we read about Jesus casting out demons and healing people. In Mark chapter 2, he heals a paralytic. In chapter 3, Jesus heals on the Sabbath. In 5, some guy told a story about the woman of the issue of blood. That might be a little bit important. Darius' daughter was resurrected from the dead. Chapter 6, he fed 5,000 people. Jesus was always on mission. But my question to you and listen to me, I'm, ask, I'm not asking y'all, I'm asking me and I'm asking my wife the other day, if Jesus was always on mission, what am I doing? What are we doing as a couple? So when people see him like, yeah, you're always serving, you guys are always, bro, I'm just trying to follow the example that was given before me. The, although Mark is a great example of Jesus constantly being on mission, the one story that hit me like a ton of bricks the other day was if you guys can turn to your Bible to John chapter 13. And this is the last verse that I have for you. John chapter 13, beginning with verse 4. To give you a context, this is when Jesus was doing the foot washing. So he got up from the table, took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, and poured water into a basin. Then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel he had around him. When Jesus came to Simon Peter, he said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you don't understand now what I'm doing, but someday you will. No, Peter protested. You will never, ever wash my feet. Jesus replied, unless I wash you, you won't belong to me. Skip to verse 12. After washing their feet, he put on his robe again and sat down and asked, do you understand what I was doing? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, because that's what I am. And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet as well. Y'all, and I mean this with all sincerity, no matter what I say during this time, the next couple of verses is the meat and potatoes of my sermonette, as I call it. I need you to catch this. I have given you, this is what Jesus said. I need you to marinate on this. I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. I tell you the truth. Slaves are not greater than their master, nor is the messenger more important than one who sends the message. Now that you know these things, God will bless you for doing them. When I was reading this the other day, I was like, man, there's something that really stood out. And it was the aspect of, the Holy Spirit reminded me that you don't, don't ever, and, and he was talking to me, and I wanted to share this with y'all. Don't become so high on yourself that you don't forget about the low places. Right. 
Don't become so high. Act like you've arrived. Think that something is beneath you. That you forget that you get so comfortable being in the palace that you forget the stable that you came from. A lot of us sometimes we get to a certain level that we've arrived and we act like we're in the palace, but we came from the stable. And what I mean by that is if y'all really put the Bible in context, like as I'm learning, as I'm getting older, like Pastor D turning 21, as I'm getting older, which makes no sense because I've been with my wife for 23. So as I'm getting older, um, I'm like, the Bible is just coming to life to me. And I'm like, oh my God, Jesus was born in a staple, in a stable. He washed the feet of the man he knew that was going to betray him, hung on a cross outside in the hottest part of the day on a wooden cross. And I'm complaining about being in the parking lot or putting up a chair. Like, it was like, man, Lord, I'm so sorry. And the other day, I, I almost broke down crying and I was sharing the story with Trista is the fact that there's a gentleman, some of you have met, he passed away in December. He was one of my best friends. That's why you see me kind of like, I'm like, I'm gonna get through this. Uh, he died uh, suddenly of a, a massive heart attack at the age of 53. Uh, ironically enough, he died two days before his birthday. Um, when he passed away, I vowed to him and his family, whatever luck, whatever you guys need, I got you. Uh, so last weekend, I was doing some dog sitting, and I was taking care of this dog, and I'm like, oh, my God, this dog is so ugh and just frustrated and so agitated. And I'm like, man, what you don't do for people? Uh, and I was on my way. Look, y'all, I always keep it hot, honest, open, and transparent. We like it. It's great. If not, hey, talk to him. So <laughs> when I was coming back from taking care of this dog, I literally said, yo, because Teresa will tell you, I do talk like that. I'm like, yo. This man passed away in December, and I'm still taking care of his dog, and I'm still trying to look out for his family. And it's like, that's, that's crazy. And he's like, and literally, as the words came out of my mouth as I'm talking out loud, it was like, Aah! what do you think I've been doing to you since the day you were born? He said, what do you think I've been doing for humanity since 2,000 years ago? You're complaining about taking care of this man's family after six months of him passing. I've been with you the whole time and, and with your family as well. So it immediately hit me in reference to going back to John 13, verse 15, because it correlated when he's like, you've always been with me. You've always guided me. You've always set the example. John 13, 15, I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. I tell you the truth. Slaves are not greater than their master, nor is the messenger more important than the one who sends the message. Now that you know these things, God will bless you for doing it. I'm wrapping up right now. I'll give you my word. As a church, we have the opportunity to be on mission with our church, our community, our families, and the next generation. God will bless you for being on mission. Always remember, if you learn anything from me today that the Holy Spirit wanted you to remind, John 13, 15, he has always given you an example to follow. This is why we need to be on mission when it comes to serving the church, the community, and our family. Yeah, yeah. Man. I don't know if y'all, can y'all hear me? Don't go anywhere. Don't go anywhere. Rudy, come on up here. I don't know about y'all, but I love getting challenged. Were you challenged this morning? Uh, I, I, want, I want everybody to know this is not like a speaker showcase. 
for those of you who are thinking that. Uh, I, 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 I want to model as best as we possibly can how mission, how on mission we are really as a church. And uh, we're, we're not like, hey, preach this. This is every person that you've seen up here going before the Lord and saying, God, what do you have to say for our church? And I hope you can hear what the assemblance of starting to move together and you can see what, what happens when we start taking one step at a time to be on mission together. God is up to something for our summer. Today's focus was our community and our church, but I want to make sure that we remember where we started. We're starting with being on mission in our families. We start there. And God does give us space and capacity to be able to serve in our community where you live. It's not just the outreaches, it's on your job. It's at Walmart, it's at where X. But God also calls us to mobilize his church. The message of Jesus will stop if we just attend. I know, I know y'all are probably like, uh-uh. We're not, there, I, don't, I, I didn't hear you all ask us to volunteer in any way, shape, or form. But I do feel like you challenged us to, to, to think as the example that Jesus gave. Powerful to think that Jesus would wash someone's feet knowing that they're going to stab him in the back. If I find out, <laughs> anybody else, you're like, oh, oh, I got a hint of what you're about to do. <laughs> we either going to talk about it or you won't see it coming. <laughs> hey, Father, help me. Pray for me. No, I'm serious. I'm from D.C. I don't know, I don't know why people always say stuff like that when... Like, they try to tell you where I'm from. I'm from Brooklyn. Okay. <laughs> I'm from Cincinnati. Uh. What? 305. <laughs> He's just like, look, keep me out of this, man. Keep me out of this. You do your own thing, man. It ain't my lane. It ain't my lane. It ain't my lane. But, uh, as we, as we wrap up, I, I want Benny to pray for us. Um, we have an opportunity to really follow the example of Jesus. And if the word of God is true, thousands and thousands of people can be impacted, not just by us here, but by your one moment of praying with someone on the job, buying them lunch, handing out a meal. Powerful to know that someone in this house signed and someone was able to connect with Jesus through something many of us might overlook, but was of value to that one person. And I think of a verse where Jesus says, uh, when I was hungry, you gave me something to eat. When I was naked, you gave me some clothes. And they're like, when did we do that? When you did it for the one that many overlooked, you did it for me. So City Place, we have an, an amazing opportunity this summer and for the rest of the year to do what Jesus has done. And I want you to continue to lean in. That's my, one of my favorite phases, to lean in and uh, see what we can do together. I'm excited to know that I get to run with two guys like this, and I get to run with you to see what the Lord really wants to do. It's fun when we can worship and sing and all those different things, but what could happen throughout the rest of the week as we're on mission together? My wife and I, we love praying for your families. I know the team prays for your families. Let us know when you're winning. 
Let us know how we can pray for you because we're on mission with you. We may not live with you, but we're on mission with you to see all of us become who God's called us to be. And so I'm going to ask Benny to pray for us, and then we'll uh, get ready to go and enjoy the rest of our Sunday. But Benny, will you pray for us? Can y'all hear me? Okay. I just wanted to make sure. Father God, I just thank you for this day. My prayer, Lord God, is that you would give your servants of this house your heart. Father God, that they would have a heart like Jesus, that they would walk like Jesus, that they would talk like Jesus. Father God, that they would be, be, be remembered, Father God, to always be on mission. Lord God, for those that don't know what that means or are still wondering, how can I get, let them know, Father God, that there are people like Rudy or Pastor Damon or myself, that are that there are people that are willing to walk them along the path, that they are not by themselves, Father God. I speak life over this church. I speak life over our leaders. I thank you, Father God, for them challenging us, Father God, reminding us that we are loved and that we are challenged and to be rem- to remember to always be on mission at our jobs, in our homes, with our families, and even wherever we go, Father God, that we would take you and your presence at all times. I pray that you would continue to bless City Place Church and remind us, Father God, that the best is yet to come. We speak life, abundance, and resources for this church to continually and always be on mission. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen, and amen. Amen, amen. Can we appreciate Benny? Can we appreciate Rudy? Thanks for joining us. If you've been encouraged by this message, be sure to subscribe to the City Place Church podcast. And we want to hear from you. Post a picture on any of your social media outlets with the hashtag CityPlaceChurch to be a part of the conversation. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.